Fringe Fanatics with Chad Lee and Chris Zane. And we are back in spirit, ladies and gentlemen. It is Fringe Fanatics. I am Chris Zane. And standing in place of my uh, partner in crime and podcasting, uh, Chad Lee is not here tonight. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he had some stuff go down involving um, him and his girlfriend's uh, family, and I'll let him fill you guys in on that. As they say, I don't want to spill anybody else's tea, um, so I'll let him fill you in as to what he wants to divulge about all of that. Um, but we are here. It is Tuesday, um, February 13th, and we are in the middle of... Episode 72. I guess we're not really in the middle of it. We're in the beginning of it. But we, here we are, episode 72. Uh, it is the Dan Deerdorf episode. And uh, let me give you a little rundown about old Danny Deerdorf here. Um, he wore number 72 for his entire career. Uh, he was... Um, an American sportscaster as well uh, after he retired. Um, he did play 13 seasons um, from 1971 to 1983 as an offensive tackle for the St. Louis Cardinals of the National Football League. Um, Deerdorf also played college football for the Michigan Wolverines from 1968 to 1970 and was selected as a consensus All-American in 1970 and a first-team All-Big Ten Conference player in both 69 and 70. He was inducted into the University of Michigan Athletic Hall of Honor in 1996 and the College Football Hall of Fame in the year 2000. Uh, playing for uh, St. Louis, he was selected by the NFL Players Association as the Offensive Lineman of the Year for three consecutive years from 76 to 78. Uh, between 74 and 1980, he played in the Pro Bowl six times and was chosen as a first-team All-Pro five times. Uh, he was named to the NFL's 1970s All-Decade team and was ducted, inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1996. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of us grew up hearing Dan Deerdorf. <laughs> Uh, as a broadcast, well, like as a you know sportscaster, uh, as he was uh, always uh, on the uh, on the you know talking about the football. Um, I mean, he was with ABC and was with Al Michaels and Frank Gifford on Monday Night Football broadcast. He spent twelve seasons on Monday Night Football before resigning the post in early nineteen ninety nine. Uh, from 99 to 2013, he was paired with Vern Lundquist as the network's number two NFL broadcasting team. After week two of the 2000 season, Lundquist was moved to CBS's lead college football team, and Deardorff served as a commentator for Dick Enberg from 2000 to 2005, um, all the way up until 2013. So, yeah, this guy has been on our uh, TVs for a very long time, and we honor him today um, as this is episode 72 of Fringe Fanatics, and on that note, I will be cheersing you alone, and it is a lot different sitting here by myself and uh, cheersing with nobody else. So if you are watching or tuned in on the stream or watching after the fact and you're at a time and place where you can uh, divulge in some libations, by all means, do a shot with me right now. We are drinking some Gentleman's Jack. As always, I am uh, drinking my... Voodoo Ranger Hard Charge Tea. Look at my excellent skills here. Yeah, we got peach now, so it's delicious. I love peach-flavored things, but um, 
To you guys, if you've been watching or listening and following along with us on this journey, we appreciate each and every one of you. And this shot and cheers is for you as well as Dan Deardorff. So cheers to you guys. Oh, sorry. Um, So this episode is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to do my best to keep it on track by myself. It is very strange not having Chad here to uh, bounce things off of. So uh, you're going to hear a lot of me, unfortunately, and hopefully you guys can handle a a heavy dose of Chris. Uh, It is probably going to be a shorter episode. Uh, I am going to try and call Chad here at about 630 um, to kind of break down the Super Bowl and let him do a victory lap as well as fill you guys in on a couple things that are going to be happening in the next couple weeks uh, involving the podcast. So we will fill you guys in on all of that stuff. But uh, in the meantime, I'm going to tell you guys about my weekend Um, Saturday. Let's see what I do Saturday. Uh, I was working on a logo for Chad's uncle. He's got his own custom lures company um, called Fitzwater Custom Lures. Uh, If you guys get a chance, go check that out. He does uh, looks like fly fishing lures. They're very cool, handmade. Um, So I'm making a logo for him. Uh, He's Chad's uncle, Uh, and so we're I'm working on that right now. Me and Chad are kind of going back and forth on some design things, as always when you're making a logo or anything for anybody um, they're always going to have some input so we're working through a couple things so we got one um, I guess what would you call it uh one mock done, so uh, probably a couple more before it's completed. But uh, while I was doing that, my girlfriend Meryl, um, who does hair for close friends and family still, um, she was a hairstylist for many years, um, she was uh, touching up her friend's hair, doing some toner stuff. So um, that's what she was doing on Saturday. And then Sunday was a, an eventful day for me and my family. We usually go over to my parents' house for the Super Bowl. Um, they got a pretty cool projector set up in the basement. Chad came over a few few years back and uh, watched the Super Bowl with us. And uh, so we all went over there, did that. A couple of my brothers came over with their significant others and a couple of their kids. Uh, but in the morning, unfortunately, my father had a little bit of an eventful morning as uh, he was, I think, sweeping off the sidewalk, the snow, from what he said, and uh, he managed to slip, and uh, my parents, if you guys aren't aware, are um, in their 70s, uh, my mom just turned 76, my dad is 75, and uh, unfortunately, when he fell, we later found out that uh, he broke his right arm. Um, it's not like a bad break. Uh, I mean, it's bad. He's in a lot of pain, and it's a break, so it's it's bad in that sense. But um, what happened was uh, when he slipped, he fell, and uh, he's already got a, a banged-up right shoulder. So he thought he just dislocated his shoulder or had a stinger, as he claimed, because um, when he fell, he couldn't get up for one and then my mom had to get out and help him up and then when once they got him up um he gets in the car and they were going to go pick up all the food and stuff for the super bowl party well he gets in the car and uh, he can't move his arm they still go and pick up the food even uh, even though i had talked to him right before they ended up leaving and i told him you need to go to the hospital if you can't move your arm. Uh, and my mom told him the same thing, but us rays are very hard headed. And, uh, we tend to just say, we'll see when it comes to things that are ailing us. 
but <laughs> after they went to the store, my mom forced him to have my cousin Donnie, who um, we thank him very much for being able to do this, uh, was able to take my dad to the emergency room, and uh, they had to do x-rays. They wanted to do a CAT scan, of course, uh, and he's fine aside from the fact that he does have a broken arm, and unfortunately, it's broken in a spot where it's like right right here right where it goes into his shoulder and uh he's got a crack i believe he said going down and then across so they can't put a cast on it it's too high up they can't do surgery it's not bad enough to warrant surgery so unfortunately my dad for the next six weeks will be sleeping in his lazy boy and uh wearing a sling so uh, if you would like please send my father all of your positive and healing energy uh he's gonna need it as he's on the mend uh but we got him back before the super bowl we were able to watch the super bowl and um i'll fill you guys in later but this is the one and only time that uh i was rooting for the chiefs to win and it, it hurts it pains me to say that as a broncos fan but i think when you find out why you will understand um that i had to swallow my pride on this one and um it turned out uh great for chad and uh unfortunately it is a little bit of a somber thing as well for them uh him and hannah both but uh we'll get into that later um, we're here now, we're doing the podcast, and uh, we're rocking and rolling. We are going to get into headlines. I'm going to try and keep it short as I've got to call Chad, like I said, about 6.30, but um, I can talk. I'm very long-winded, as they say, so um, we'll see what happens. But let's get into headlines right now. Headlines? Get your headlines here. All right. Um, as always, we start with the NFL here. We're not really going to do too much talking about the Super Bowl. And Oh, I'm sorry. I just got us demonetized. Um, we're not going to do too much talking about the big game in and of itself. Um, because uh, we're gonna we're gonna go over that with Chad, and I would like to get as much time with Chad as possible. So we're gonna try and get as much as we can um, in with him when we talk to him. But uh, there are a few things about the big game we are gonna discuss, and um, we're gonna start with the NFL right now. Personal file, sixty nine, offense. He was giving them the business. Uh, real quick, as we get into the NFL, um, I did want to run down the list of the Hall of Fame guys that got in for 2024, uh, as uh, they all deserve a little bit of a shout out. We had Steve McMichael, defensive tackle, played for the Patriots, the Bears, and the Packers got in this year. Uh, Dwight Freeney, defensive end for the Colts, primarily. Everybody remembers him there. Uh, but he ended up playing for the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Falcons, the Lions, and the Seahawks. Hawks, and then we have the greatest return man in the history of the NFL, Devin Hester. Uh, he gets in uh, this year, which is well deserved. Uh, one of the best, like I said, punt returner, kick returners, and a, and a decent wide receiver as well. Played primarily for the Bears, but also spent some time with the Falcons, uh, the Ravens, and the Seahawks. And then we had 
Andre Johnson, uh, one of the uh, more well-known Houston Texans wide receivers, also played with the Colts and the Titans. Uh, Julius Peppers, defensive end, played with the Panthers, the Bears, and the Packers. And uh, this one's a little bit of a homer one for me. Randy Gratishar, linebacker, played only for the Broncos. He was part of the vaunted uh, Orange Crush defense, which we all know in the 70s brought the Broncos into a little bit of prominence. Uh, he is the only member of the Orange Crush to be inducted into the Hall of Fame at this point. So um, big shout out to Randy Gratishar, one of uh, the best linebackers in the uh, history of the NFL as far as I'm concerned. But I mean, I do wear orange and blue on the regular. So what are you going to do? Uh, last one that made it in, Patrick Willis, another really good linebacker, played only for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, that is your list of Hall of Fame inductees for the 2024 year. Um, so good uh, for them. Uh, always love to see these guys, uh, you know, get honored for putting their bodies through what they did for our entertainment, more or less. So um, congrats to all of the Hall of Fame inductees. And now let's move on to the big game, um, as it's estimated that more people watched Travis Kelsey, also known as Taylor Swift's boyfriend, win the Super Bowl than people watched the man or watched man land on the moon. I, the way that was written when I wrote it down was wrong. Um, so we had more people watch this Super Bowl than we did have uh, people watching one of the greatest feats of human history as uh, we walked and landed on the moon. Um, the big game, 58, is now the most watched telecast in history, surpassing 123.4 million viewers across all platforms. Uh, not only did it set the record for the most watched Super Bowl of all time, but CBS set the record for the largest audience ever for a single network with 120 million viewers. Uh, Nielsen, Fast National, and Adobe Analytics delivered this data confirming that the coverage of the Kansas City Chiefs 25-22 win in overtime against the 49ers, as well as Usher's halftime show, which, um, as we all know, um, the millennials and, you know, the younger generations, uh, that's our wheelhouse right now. Unfortunately, the old people, we had it happen at my parents' house watching the Super Bowl party. Or watching the Super Bowl. Uh, I just got us demonetized again. I'm going to get us demonetized this entire episode if we were ever going to make money on it. Because uh, I'm probably going to say SB more than a few times. But we also, as I'm sure most everybody did at the big game watch parties, had uh, folks in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, 70s all complaining about the Super Bowl halftime shows. And I just did it again. Damn it. Ugh, why? Now we're never going to make any money. Uh, but anyways, it was the most watched uh, broadcast in the history of television. It was streamed across multiple platforms, including CBS, Paramount+, Plus, Nickelodeon, Univision, CBS Sports, as well as all NFL properties. Um, so, yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, I don't know if we'll have one. I would be interested to see, and we'll, and we'll talk to Chad about this later, but um, with the... Taylor Swift, the Swifties, you get that bump there. Uh, will next year's be a decline? That's going to be a big thing that we're all going to have to see because I am definitely interested because I saw multiple uh, articles about um, just Swifties having uh, SB parties and um, 
I doubt that happens next year. Uh, if say, God forbid, Taylor and uh, Travis break up, or you know the Chiefs aren't in the Super Bowl, which at this point you might as well expect them to be there. As much as that pains me to say, but yeah, uh, I'm interested to see that. That's going to be something that's um, going to be, I mean, very intriguing to see if there is a huge drop off because the NFL loved the Taylor Swift increase and needless to say all these people that are bitching about the fact that oh, I hate seeing Taylor Swift oh, they show her too much let's not forget the fact that there is less than 18 minutes of real football that we watch in a game over three hours so to sit here and say oh my god they show Taylor Swift too much I think they showed her like 54 seconds in the biggest game of the year the most watched game of the year and not to mention the NFL is reaping the benefits of it. I mean, insanely, the amount of money they made just off of Taylor Swift dating one of their players is astronomical. And uh, I don't know if, in, if unless they can keep the, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And if you think it's scripted, maybe they will. But if you don't and, you know, next year they're not there, I will be very interested to see if it will be as watched. Um, I bet there will be a decline in the amount of people that watch, because I think I heard something about like 60% of America, basically, if, if you put that 124 million just in America, would be watching the game. So we'll see if it's the same next year. I'm very interested to see that. Uh, also, in terms of betting, we had a record $185.6 million that was bet on the Super Bowl. Damn it, I did it again. Son of a... <sighs> I think this episode is going to be, be called The Game That Shall Not Be Named. Because... <laughs> I've already ruined it. Um, but yeah, 185.6 million was bet. Uh, beats 2022 by nearly 6 million. Everybody be betting. Um, so, you know, what are you going to do when you're in bed with all of the huge betting companies? Of course, uh, it, there's going to be a ton of money bet on it. And next year, I know for a fact there will be more money bet on it with or without Taylor Swift, because we all love sports betting and we all are going to just keep betting money on it. And whether it's, you just bet a $5 bet or not, it is what it is. You're, you're feeding the machine and we're all, more than likely guilty of it, especially if you watch sports as much as we do here in the fringe fanatics realm. Um, but crazy to see just the amount of money that's getting, you know, thrown around, you know, you got mattress Mac on the regular betting a whole bunch of money. Uh, Drake on the regular bets, a half million dollars. Betting's not going anywhere. It's going to fuel sports for the foreseeable future until whatever happens. Maybe there's a collapse of the internet or society. That's about all. It's going to stop betting from continuing to thrive and flourish because it's, it's not going anywhere. It is now a regular part of watching sports. Um, we see it on every commercial while we watch sports. Not every commercial, but every commercial run, you see it. Um, so, yeah, betting is the end-all, be-all for the total entertainment of sports. So, um, with that, it's time to move into the NBA because um, I got I to gotta keep flying. I've already been long-winded enough. So, let's move into the NBA. <laughs> Take it 
I'm burning. I was oh, listening to 92.5 earlier today, which is Altitude Sports, which carries um, all of the Nuggets, Avalanche games, as well as their sports talk mainly covers uh, Avalanche and Nuggets and, you know, an equal amount of Broncos. Uh, but uh, they were playing that quite a bit today as they were talking about Julian Strother from the Nuggets missing a bunch of shots last night. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that's besides the point. Uh, we have a couple more days left before the All-Star break for the NBA. And uh, just to give you a quick rundown of the events this weekend, uh, Friday, February 16th, we have the uh, Ruffles NBA All-Star Celebrity Game, which all of this is happening at Lucas Oil Stadium. And we mentioned last week that um, all of the stuff Friday and Saturday, I believe, will be played on the LED court. So, I mean, tune in just for five minutes to check that out. Uh, as we mentioned last week as well, the NHL and the NBA both usually have the better um, all-star events throughout the weekends compared to the NFL. Um, so yeah, 7 p.m. We've got the all-star celebrity game. And then at 9 p.m. Eastern, you have the Panini rising stars, which is always a great game that features all of the guys that are, um, you know, moving up the ranks in the NBA Saturday, February 17th. Um, we are going to have at 8 p.m. Eastern time, the state farm all-star Saturday nights, uh, which is going to include the Kia skills challenge, uh, uh, the starry three-point contest, 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 um, the starry three-point contest, and then we will have the uh, Stephen Curry versus Sabrina three-point challenge and the slam dunk challenge all uh, wrapped up into one uh, very entertaining morsel on Saturday night. And then Sunday, we are going to have the G League up next game, which is going to feature um, Colin Gillespie from the Nuggets, which that's what my little Homer tidbit is going to be. Uh, he will be featured in that as he has been averaging a triple-double since he's gotten uh, relegated to the G League as the Nuggets have been very healthy this year. And then uh, that's at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sorry. And then at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you have the 73rd NBA all-star game um be prepared for the over under to be about 250 points if not more <laughs> so uh, there is no defense played in the all-star game now let's move on um as you all should tune into that um we do have a little bit of controversy as the uh knicks are filing a protest uh, with the NBA to dispute their 105 to 103 loss uh, against the Houston Rockets on uh, last night, actually. Uh, the Knicks decided to file uh, this evening um, after the NBA's last two minute report and game crew chief Ed Malloy acknowledged that the foul call on Jalen Brunson of the Knicks against Houston's Aaron Holiday inside the final second was incorrectly called. Um, Holiday ended up making the two free throws with less than a second left on the clock and intentionally missed the third three th free throw um, to run out the clock and ensure the 105 to 103 victory. Uh, the Knicks aren't scheduled to play the uh, Rockets again this season, but the hope of the protest is either to pick up a tie um, or tie game with the start of overtime or somehow remedy the Knicks loss. Um, 
There's only been six protests in league history to have been upheld. Uh, the NBA has not often upheld protests in its history. Only the six times, like I mentioned, the last time it happened was uh, on December 19th, 2007, when Miami Heat center Shaquille O'Neal was incorrectly ruled to have six fouls when he only had five. The game was resumed on March 8th. 8th, 2008, but neither team scored in the 51.9 seconds that was replayed from overtime, and the Hawks still won 114 to 111. Uh, and before the game was even resumed, Shaq was traded to the Suns, so he wasn't even involved in it, which is kind of hilarious when you really think about it. Uh, moving on to the next one, I just want to mention this real quick. The San Antonio Spurs, Victor Wimbenyama had a career night in the 122-99 to victory against, once again, the Toronto Raptors uh, at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. It was... Um, like I said, it was his first career triple-double with 27 points, 14 rebounds, and 10 blocks. Uh, he became just the sixth rookie in NBA history to record a triple-double with blocks. Most guys in the NBA, I mean, if you're really good at blocking the basketball, you average like three to four uh, a game, and that's high. So the fact this guy just got 10 is insane. Um, but once again, we are also talking about a freak who – literally looks like um, he shouldn't exist in the realm of our existence um, being seven foot five. So um, good on him. I think it's only going to continue. It's not, he will probably have more than a few triple doubles with blocks, um, but good on him. Let's run down the standings real quick. Uh, just going to touch on um, the top three in each one. Cause I got to call Chad in five minutes. I'm already behind the clock here. So in the Eastern conference, we have the Boston Celtics with 41 wins, 12 losses. They are eight and two in their last 10 uh, behind them are the red hot Cleveland Cavaliers, 35 wins, 17 losses and the Milwaukee bucks who annihilated the nuggets last night, turned the game off in the third quarter. I think it was like, 90 something to 60 uh, was not a good game for the Nuggets. Jamal Murray got shin splints. Casey P shouldn't have started. That's my homerism for right now. Uh, so bug, the Bucks are at 35 wins, 19 losses. Moving into the Western Conference, the Minnesota Timberwolves, 37 wins, 16 losses. They are seven and three in their last 10 games. Um, they are looking really good heading into the all-star break. The Oklahoma City Thunder are in second, 36 wins, 17 losses. Uh, and then in third are the LA Clippers, uh, 35 wins, 17 losses. Uh, the Clippers are on fire. The Oklahoma City Thunder might be the surprise of the year. Young team that just keeps winning, and they look really good. Uh, Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembanyama are probably neck and neck. I haven't looked at numbers in terms of uh, rookie of the year. Uh, but that is going to wrap it up for the NBA. As I go real fast through this, time to get into the NHL. All right. Toronto Maple Leafs defenseman is suspended five games by the NHL Department of Player Safety for his cross check to the head and neck area of Ottawa Senators rookie forward Ridley Gregg on Saturday night after he scored an empty net slap shot goal with 5.1 seconds remaining. 
this wasn't your average uh, empty net goal. I mean, he had a, a clean breakaway, and uh, I mean, uh, oh my god, sorry, uh, I didn't write down the guy's name. No. I'm sorry. Give me one second while I look this up. Oh, no. This is terrible. Terrible. Oh, Morgan Riley. I'm sorry. So uh, Morgan Riley was behind him probably about, I mean, 15, 20 feet. And uh, Ridley wound up and just delivered a rocket into the back of the net. And as we all know, the NHL is one that allows their players to kind of self-police the game. Um, was what uh, Morgan Riley did warranted? No, not by any means. Uh, a, a check in, into the boards is one thing, but I mean, he cross-checked him right in the side of the neck. Uh, it didn't look good. Ridley was down for a bit, and then, of course, there was an all-out fracas afterwards. Um, but, uh, now he's suspended five games. Everybody was thinking it was going to be at least six because usually when you have an in-person meeting with the NHL, um, department of player safety, uh, it's like guaranteed six, but, uh, nevertheless, uh, five games for him. If you haven't yet, uh, go check out the video. It's fairly entertaining. Really Greg is, uh, definitely enjoying playing the role of villain. And, uh, he, he got what was coming to him in the sense of, uh, old school hockey, but, uh, let's move on to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, they're hoping star rookie Connor Bedard, uh, can return to game action next week after missing six weeks with a fractured jaw. Um, Bedard was the number one pick of the 2023 NHL draft. As we all know, he suffered the injury on the January 5th, uh, uh, when on the receiving end of a big hit from New Jersey Devils defenseman Brendan Smith, uh, he went sur- he went underwent surgery um, and returned just returned to skating seven days later. Uh, reports at the time would be that he had missed six to eight weeks of the season before being ready to return. So um, good for them. Right in at six weeks, he's back. He was at the uh, All Star game. Uh, passing pucks to people and stuff out on the ice um, as he was a member of the all-star selections, but was not able to participate due to still healing. Um, But that is all I've got for the NHL. Let's run down the standings real quick in the Eastern conference. The Boston Bruins are sitting at 52 games played with 32 wins, 11 losses and nine overtime losses for a grand total of 73 points Um, in the Metropolitan Division. We have the New York Rangers, 34 wins, 16 losses, three overtime losses for a grand total of 71 points. Moving into the Western Conference, we have the Dallas Stars in first place. 32 wins, uh, 14 losses, six overtime losses for a grand total of 70 points. A little bit of homerism right here. The Colorado Avalanche are directly behind them. Uh, 32 wins, 17 losses, four overtime losses for a grand total of 68 points. And the Avalanche are struggling a little bit uh, they're having a little bit of issues with goaltending and uh just struggling when the the really good guys like mckinnon and and such don't play well but moving into the 
Pacific Division, the Vancouver Canucks, 35 wins, 12 losses, 6 overtime losses for a grand total of 76 points. They are definitely the best team this year, and uh, good on them. We will see if after the break they can continue that. Let me real quick, I just want to talk about the MLB because this is a continuation story uh, that I'm I'm happy they caught this son of a gun. So. A juvenile delinquent in the offseason in his major league debut. Gonna light your ass up, meat. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just, Just a bit outside. Tried the corner and missed. <laughs> Uh, so the Wichita police, uh, if you remember the story last week in regards to the Jackie Robinson statue was stolen, have made an arrest today, actually, after nearly three weeks. And, um, Ricky Alderet, maybe Alderete, who cares? This asshole doesn't deserve to have his name said correctly, as this guy is just some vile scum. Um, he is 45 years old, and he is charged with felony theft, value over 25 grand, aggravated criminal damage to property, identity theft, and making false information. The statue, which police said was valued at $75,000, was stolen from McAdams Park, the home of League 42, a youth baseball league for about 600 children that commissioned and erected the statue in 2021. I can't remember the name of the place, but um, they actually still have a cast of the statue because um, this jagoff, uh, Ricky, cut the statue off at the feet and then threw it in a dumpster and lit it on fire. Um, so it, it was ruined. Um, thankfully, the place where they got um, the casting done is in Colorado, and they still have a copy of the cast there. So thankfully, um, Ricky, you failed, dude, and now you're in jail for being a dick. Uh, but uh, you didn't do anything because the statue's going to go back, and now uh, you're screwed, so... Screw you, Ricky Alderete, or whatever the hell your name is. You jagaloon. <sighs> All right. That's it for headlines, guys. Um, the music break is coming right now. Crypt Keeper is the band of the month. Uh, the name of this song is The Crypt Keeper Stomp. Off of their latest album, which came out this year, The World is Dying and We're Reaping the Benefits. Um, if you haven't yet and you enjoy this music, please go check out Crypt Keeper on all things streaming, wherever you get your music in the ether. Uh, make sure to check them out. They are an awesome rock and roll band out of Denver, Colorado. Uh, they also include some buddies of mine. The bass player from uh, Flight Kamikaze is the lead singer and guitar player of this band. And I misspoke last week. Our buddy Mike Tooley is not the bass player of this band. I, I misthought it's another band that he plays bass in. Uh, he is the drummer of this band, and he is a really good drummer. And he also builds some really cool old cars. So um, if you're ever on Instagram, go check out Mike Tooley, and you can see uh, a couple of the things that he's done. But regardless, this song is the Crypt Keeper Stomp. We will be right back. Stick around.
And we are back for the second time of episode 72, and I have my partner in crime on the line, Mr. Chadley. I am. I'm on the other end, man. Yeah, I just, I flipped the camera to you, and I set the creepy head up with a KC hat on it, on top of your chair. (laughs) That's you today, so we're looking at you right now. Uh, but yeah, so we're back from the music break. You guys just heard uh, Crypt Keeper. The name of that song was The Crypt Keeper Stomp off of their new album from 2023, The World is Dying, and we're reaping the benefits. If you like what you heard, make sure to go give them a like and a follow on all things streaming music-wise. And uh, visit Crypt Keeper Denver. Make sure to put Denver in there. CryptkeeperDenver.bandcamp.com if you want to see when they're playing next, if you're in the Denver area, or if you want to purchase music directly from them, or merch, or that album, which all of these songs we'll be playing are off of. Um, but it's time to take a shot. Chad, I don't know if you have a shot. You probably don't. I don't have anything in front of me. No, thank you. I just had some root beer, actually. Okay, so he's still having beer of some sort. It's root beer. <laughs> yeah. We don't say root Super beer. It's core, it's man. root beer. It's like R U T. It's like rut, but root. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So, uh, cheers to each and everybody, or to everyone who's uh, been listening or watching. Uh, we appreciate you guys greatly. If you haven't yet, make sure to like, share, subscribe, and follow us on all things social media. And if you uh, haven't yet, make sure to rate us five stars and leave us a review. Uh, that's a that's a new thing now. You got to leave us a review because the review uh, makes it seem like we're relevant, apparently. So leave a review. Yeah, please do it. Yeah, do it. Otherwise, I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, yeah, cheers to you guys. We appreciate you guys always tuning in. We love you. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, just pretend you did a shot, Chad. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> All right. So. In the highlights, or yeah, or headlines, I mentioned most watched Super Bowl ever, 123.4 million viewers across all platforms. I did say, though, I will be extremely interested next year if, say, the dynasty that is the Chiefs are not there in the Super Bowl, or say that they are and Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are not together, will the numbers see a dip? Oh, yeah, I'm really interested in that because it seems like most of the games where the Chiefs play, they, they're drawing huge numbers. Didn't this, I was wondering about this, maybe, you know, didn't this double the AFC and the NFC championship games, which are around like 55 million, right? Well, Chad, more people watched this Super Bowl than watched man land on the moon. No, I, that's what I'm trying <laughs> to say. Is like I'm it, sure it probably not, did. I, do, I, I don't know what the numbers I are off the top of my head. it was around 55 million. And for them to, like, more than double it, it just, I mean, obviously, it's the Super Bowl. But like, that's insane, man. It CBS is insane. just raked in all the commercials. I mean, there was, so, there was, a, decent, there was, a, some, there was a few good commercials. Well, yeah, you know, like see, that's, I wanted to ask you this. I mean, it's tough because we'll, we'll go ahead and say this. You were at Don's. We know that. Um, yeah. You were at Don's. Can you hear the commercials? Do they have it playing? I can't. I. I mean, you can hear a little bit of it, but you know, with everything yeah, going like on, you really can't. Two hundred people much. crammed in Which, there. I mean, it's it's ironic you say that because I just got done like YouTube and some of the commercials earlier, and was actually able to enjoy them. But it's a blessing in disguise because then I didn't have to listen to Tony Romo's raspy voice. Oh, dude, he ruined the call at the end of the game so bad. Just I, okay. Diarrhea so of the mouth. 
What? What did he say? Oh, you what didn't he hear say? it? Well, it's just no. like, dude, Jim Nance, like, dude, those, the pros know, like, when something like that happens, you make the call and you just let it breathe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You let people soak yeah. in what's happening. And, dude, Tony was like, oh, my God, Jim, that was the play. Uh, Andy called it up. And, like, then he goes and, like, describes the entire play. And then, like, it, oh, it seemed what? like he, like, had a whole, like, basically he didn't talk in it, which he talked a lot, dude. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the last time Tony Romo calls a, a game, especially that big. But I know all year long people have been bitching about Tony Romo and just like how since he started, everybody was like, oh, my God, he's so good. And this year, everybody's like, he kind of sucks. And I think it was oh, apparent yeah. in the Super Bowl. But, yeah, you should go watch the final call. Uh, it is It is terrible. He's just I'm like talking. But uh, on 92.5 today, they uh, played uh, a couple of the, uh, like, I think they played, like, the South Korean call of the of the oh, win man. and, like, the the <laughs> Spanish call. And, dude, they were it's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's always yeah, better. It's like, seriously, I wish I understood what they're saying because, I mean, when they say goal, it's like so much more passionate, man. Like, dude, the, 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 like, the I'm, South I'm Korean so one of the guys is just Roma. screaming. He's just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, the radio calls are even better, man. Like, these guys are just, like, that's the natural instinct. Of, I actually did hear the San Fran radio calls, and it was so satisfying because they they couldn't hold back. They're just mundane as possible. And the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. And you just hear this <laughs> long pause, and just one of them goes, dang it! <laughs> Son of a! It, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like man, they're just they're, they're fans watching it with everybody. That's perfect. That's perfect. well, that's like the dude from but, fucking uh, New England. <sighs> he was a quarterback for New England back in the day, but uh, he's like the uh, the color dude, and he is the worst. Like anytime the I Patriots can't... did anything good, like he would just like totally trounce over the fucking play by play guy. <laughs> just be like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> woo. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a level to like holding it back, but that's what's great about the radio is like they can just do whatever you know they will. Like, I mean, the radio, you gotta insane. you gotta paint the picture a little bit, you know. Tony Romo just needed to oh, shut yeah. the hell up. Oh man, I mean, I'll give him this. He actually did a decent job at like predicting the plays that kind of got him famous but it's just the stuff he says man and yeah i did come across a few of those articles about him like ruining the final call but i didn't click on my knee to check that out that's a bummer man yeah that's the great thing about watching a dog like it is just like you're into the game and what's going on in the screen because you can't really hear a whole lot but when it did happen that place erupted man it was nuts like i just it was, I'll well, never forget that moment in my well, life. Well, and then how serendipitous, me, Cole, who <laughs> they bring back. Oh, man. <laughs> Hell not. Like, I, the first thing I had to do on my way home was I called my Uncle Jacob because my Uncle Jacob had been wanting him back. When we when we did get him back, he was so stoked about it. And then, like, you know, he had his up and downs moments and adversity, just like Patrick said. But as soon as he made that game with a catch, I was like, damn, Uncle Jacob, you, there you go. You got your wish, man. Nuts. I, I, dude, okay, like, let's just get into the meat of it, man. Like, what, and to the average fan, the non-San Fran and Kansas City fans, a boring Super Bowl then to them up till the fourth quarter. I mean, it was a defensive standoff, dude. It really was. Uh, the first quarter was decent. 
you know, like it seemed like, oh, wow, like I think San Fran's going to win this game. Um, they yeah, were they were doing what they wanted. Yeah, they were basically just doing whatever. Like you said, they were doing whatever they wanted. Uh, the Chiefs looked out of sorts. Um, Travis Kelsey almost assaulted an uh, an elderly man. Um, <laughs> things were going awry. That it didn't look good. Insane. I was really worried after that, man. I was. And before there's like a stat that's like before that thing, and he had like two catches, and then after that interaction, he had like you know eighty three. Yeah, finished with ninety three or something. But yeah, it was it was wild. Uh, yeah, it didn't didn't look good, man. But what really changed it, and you know, I'd be a fool without the admitting it that without that muff punt man i don't know how that game goes that saved us oh it's it's three plays really it's it's the muffed punt it's cmc's fumble on the one and the extra point because the extra point dude if they had the extra point the game's pretty much over Mm -hmm. you know like oh yeah i don't know it would have been over you never know well, you it, you never know because it does change the complexion of things because it changes the play calling because if they're up four, maybe we run a different play that happens to work and we're able to get in the end zone rather than, rather than us settling for three, which tied it up at 16, which, I mean, dude, there's a case for Harrison Bucker should have been the MVP. Dude, yeah. has been solid, man. He, he, uh, he has today, the longest field goal in Super Bowl history right after uh, fucking Jake Moody. <laughs> They they were just kind of like fighting back and forth for it, really. Yeah, well, but, I think I mean, it's fifty five and fifty seven. Yeah, that's the way it kind of went. And I mean, dude, I I'm sure it'll get beaten. But I mean, as far as like the kickers today, and this is a little side topic. Like, who do you think is better now, Justin Tucker or Harrison Bucker? Tucker missed, I think, three field goals this year, and I think like, Justin, Bucker had like well, longer ones. Honestly, I think Kaimi Fairbairn has the actual record now, but he has way less kicks than Justin Tucker in terms of uh, total. Uh, and he, yeah, he has way less than Harrison too. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but I mean, dude, I think Justin Tucker's still still up there. Uh, Bucker doesn't oh, no have doubt. any of yeah. the longest, but I, I just, mean, you I mean, can argue like it now. Two. Yeah, yeah, I think he's really moving up there, man. But Butker's yeah, clutch, he, man. He's reliable. He is, and he got us like tied up. Those those plays were huge. But I mean, we took advantage of them. And I mean, there's I saw a good post that was like kind of like wrapped up what they did wrong. And when you look at it, it was the inexperience, and that's really why a lot of people did, even despite the fact that they were underdogs, pick the Chiefs is because of the ex- the experience they didn't know the rules for overtime they should why would you admit well dude now today they say that uh, they did make overtime plans but then when you hear the Chiefs side of things they're like we've been planning for this shit since preseason we've had shit installed we talk about it it, like all the time and then they were out in once the yeah once the postseason hit they were practicing it the 49ers did they did it twice yeah they did it I mean of course they walk it back today like a pussy ass move but when they were brought it up, there were four different ones. Now, if, it, if it was just one, that'd be different. But I think it was like four or five different 49ers and the coach. The coach well, said, I mean, dude, like uh, if you look at the top headlines right now, like I've, I've got the ESPN Super Bowl um, top headlines uh, the, on ESPN. The top headline, Shanahan, 49ers made overtime plan before playoffs. The last one, Niners players. We didn't know overtime rules. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, God. who's right, dude? I mean, you had guys I after the game saying sure. we didn't know what was going on. 
And then I hate to say it. Shanahan's words coming out and saying we wanted the ball third, dude, that's a fucking loser's mentality. That's yeah. that's a loser's I mean, mentality. It's either that's a loser's mentality or you're trying to make up for the fact you didn't know. And maybe you knew. I'm sure he knew, but he just didn't prepare. And no. No. And if at all. And that's just it. It's like and I thought it when Boomer and uh what's it? McFarland, when the yeah, when McFarland and Chris Boomer had uh, those guys, when he asked Andy Reid about it in the post game conference, he had such like kind of like a slide, like he it was like a slide at Shanahan for not knowing, but he was like, you know, it's you never know the right or wrong thing to do there, but yeah, we we've, we've kind of been preparing for that, and that's just it, yeah, like Super Bowl week they prepared for it twice, and it it does make it such a big difference because we got an extra play out of it. We wouldn't yeah. have gone for it on fourth and one if we already knew we needed a touchdown. Well, they and then tied up. Chris Jones came out and said, "Had the 49ers scored a touchdown when the mm-hmm. Chiefs scored, they would have went for two. And I yeah. guarantee you, I, they would have fucking got it, dude. They probably would have the way the momentum was going because in that final drive, once you saw like that." Play, like I heard this stat where on Travis Kelsey in that overtime where he caught that pass, and mm-hmm. took off down the sideline, he got up to like nineteen point eight, which sounds doesn't sound like a lot compared to like Tyreek. Fucking like, thirty four years old, dude. <laughs> oh, you know, exactly. And they said that's the fastest he's run with like the N- NGS stats since um, two thousand eighteen. So that boy, like he had some motivation behind him, and that's just it. Like that was on that screen that got us down to the one right before the Hardman play. I mean, I was, I mean he was like dragging guys. Freaking Nick Boza had one leg trying to drag him with three other guys. I mean, I, they just, they wanted it more and at the end. Like you could just take a look at the defense and both defenses were gassed, but luckily because of the timing of things and the way Shanahan kind of fucked it up, we were able to take advantage of that. Well, let's talk about the defense real quick. Like we mentioned in the beginning, it was a defensive standoff. When going into the into halftime, I'll tell you when I knew it was over. When the 49ers went in with only ten points in the halftime, and I was like, was "You're gonna huge, let man. Mahomes come out and get the ball with only a because what what was the score right then at halftime? Was it ten six? Right at halftime, it was ten three. But oh, see, 10-3, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Because of the Pacheco fumble, I think it was, and they drove down like 80 yards after that. They had a bunch of momentum, and they were about to score and make it 17-3. And, and then, um, yeah, we got we made a huge stop, and then it just ended up being 10-3, which is nuts. Like, that, that was a huge failure on their part. It really was. Uh, and like like I said, that's like when you knew it was over. But a uh, huge loss for the 49ers, dude. The sniper, Dre Greenlaw. Oh, dude. man, yeah. That uh, that changed up everything. I, well, I mean, when Travis Kelsey, when Dre Greenlaw was in there, he had one catch for one yard. And then after that, nine for 93. Like, that changed everything. And, you know, it sucks, but they did take advantage of that. He was winning against Travis Kelsey, but... Man, that that made a huge big difference. But uh, yeah, the the extra point, dude, Leo Chanel, uh, that he got his hand up, but that was such a low kick that changed everything. But I, it, it, you're right, actually. Let, let's go back to the defense, man. I mean, 
if it wasn't for Chris Jones pressuring Brock Purdy in those third and fours and those of those that that third down, yeah, that's a whole different. Yeah, I think they score. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Yeah, I mean, it, they were moving the ball pretty damn well in that in the overtime, and then they got that huge holding penalty, which if not a lot of people remember, that's when George Kittle ran to the locker room. I don't know if he had to pull a Paul Pierce and take a dump or something, but yeah, that, that was, like was very hurt. weird. Yeah, and they showed him run to the locker room, and then he's running back on there. But the play where he was out, his backup got that holding penalty, where they had a big game, and then it set him back, and then we were able to get him stopped in OT. Well, there's people talking about the reason Kelsey was so pissed is because um, they subbed him out, and the uh, dude who came in for him um, missed a block. And and I get where he's coming from, and I, you know, I, I. Said earlier, I thought Andy Reid's response about it was really cool. You know, he even said like, "Oh, you know, it keeps me young," and they were pretty chill about it all. But you know, Kelsey's kind of incorrect in that. Anyway, you know, he's just fired up. Dude, that was the height of the game. I'm not gonna try and and mar it, like you know what all happened, but that was wasn't a good look at all. You know, I think I don't know if you, you saw the tweet. Sorry to interrupt you, but did you see the tweet from AJ Brown? Oh yeah, where he's yeah, like, if that weird. was me, I'd be out of the fucking league. <laughs> I'd be out of the league. Yeah, I mean, I mean it is true yeah, though. Like, I don't want to bring race into it, but I hate to say it. Like, if if Tyreek or if it was uh, Kadarius or t- <laughs> Tony, yeah, I think it would have been a different I mean, I, outcome. I think, it's, but, I think it's just all subjective on like what coach it is, you know, and how the coaches have a relationship with their players. But what I was getting at it was not so much that like. Travis being out, or like the tight end, like Noah Gray basically caused that fumble. Yeah. Pacheco's got to hold on to the ball there. So it's just Travis being overhyped, thinking, having like too much on his shoulders, thinking, oh, if I would have been there, I would have made a big difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally agree. He shouldn't have gone up to read like that. But like Pacheco was trying to do too much. He let the guy pull his arm and yeah. then he makes a huge mistake. He didn't have that great of a game. He was, he kind of made up for it towards the end, but. The, the first play of the second half, and we're thinking, like, okay, we got a field goal. We have a chance to go down. We get the ball after half. First play of the first half, Pacheco fumbles it. You could say it's kind of on Mahomes. It was a little bit of a bad pitch, but, you yeah. know, if it hits you like that, you know, there's you're a running back. you got to catch that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking yeah. of Mahomes, man, another MVP, another Super Bowl. Three by the time it's 28. Insane. Like I mentioned earlier. He did it with his legs, man. Yeah, uh, 333 yards passing, two touchdowns, the one interception. Uh, but he was the leading rusher for the Kansas City Chiefs. 66 yards, nine yeah. carries. Um, I'm not gonna say he's a hell of a game. I'm not gonna say he's better than Brady um, until no. he has that many Super Bowls. I, I mean, I can't. But um, Mahomes is the most athletic, clutch quarterback. To ever play in the NFL, I'd say that's a pretty good definition. Yeah, it hurts me internally <laughs> to say that. Does it give probably that gives you stomach cramps and stuff like it? Maybe like hurts. Yeah, I think I like have indigestion throat. right now, or maybe uh, well, maybe I'm worry. having a heart attack, or it's uh, just uh, heartburn. I don't know. <laughs> it's got to be rough, and you know, I'm sure that's how you felt watching John Elway. Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. hand the Super Bowl trophy to the Chiefs. I cannot tell you 
how gratifying that was. I didn't understand why at first until you explained it to me, but it did feel good. Yeah, I guess apparently it was like the 25th anniversary of the last time he won or something like that, yeah, which I don't 1998. Yeah. I don't remember them doing that for anybody else. I don't I don't remember who handed the trophy off last year, but I I'm sure they take turns with different Hall of Famers. Yeah, stuff, I don't know. Maybe. Either don't way, know. yeah, that did suck. <laughs> and it was just <laughs> yeah, was I didn't funny. watch that, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh once the catch was like made it. by Mecole, I just f- turned it off. <laughs> and I was like God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I had to say, but I mean, hey, you know. um, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I I haven't told anybody why you're not here yet. Um, And I I did mention, though, that there is a reason why, and I mentioned it in the beginning, that I was rooting for the Chiefs to win. Um, I didn't want to tell people you know i don't want to spill your tea it's not my oh, tea no, to spill um, so i'll let you fill people in right now as to why you are not here and i'm looking at this head with a kansas city chiefs hat on top of your chair it's, yeah i i get you that's a nice setup though i, I dig it man uh, yeah but yeah it's you know one of those things about life where it sucks uh my longtime girlfriend her dad got sick i've talked about it before on the podcast and in the cancer eventually took him and anybody out there listeners and stuff want to extend prayers for their family well that's what i'm here doing now like trying to support and then being there for the services and everything like that it's ridiculously unfortunate cancer fucking sucks and everybody like i have another guy that i went to grade school with i saw on facebook with his dad is battling it right now and it is sucks it's awful how many people it affects, and hopefully one day some AI can fix this issue that we're going through. AI but. probably would fucking cure cancer at this point because we fucking can't because it's not uh, advantageous financially yeah. for people. But yeah, right. fuck fuck exactly. cancer. Needless to say, fuck cancer. Um, Don yeah. Powell is his name, correct? Who's that? What's his name again? Greg Duncan. Oh shit. I just made up a name, yeah. dude. Now I look like a fucking <laughs> asshole. I, I just feel made like up a name. Reading it was, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, I was like, where did you get that? I don't know. But <laughs> Greg Duncan. Yeah, yeah. that would make sense yeah. considering uh, him and Hannah have the same last name. But uh, so Greg yeah. Duncan. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it was Friday, right? Yeah, good guy, man. Really, really good guy. He loved Kiss, yeah. uh, which yeah. I'm all for anybody that loves Kiss. That's some good rock and music right mm. there. ACDC, Def Leppard, and stuff like that. He had, he had real good musical taste. But, yeah, I definitely know where Hannah got all of his smart asses and miss him from. She's a, yeah, so he's, he's a good guy. Yeah, for sure. And um, we're sending all of our prayers and stuff to Hannah and her family as they're dealing with this difficult time. But that is why Chad is not here. Um, and that is why. a big fan of the Chiefs. Dude, yeah, I, I almost forgot. It very big, like his basement has like always been my ultimate like man cave wish. Just Chief cool. memorabilia everywhere. So I really wanted it happened like you said Saturday morning, right after midnight. So I really wanted the Chiefs kind of win for the whole family and everything going on. So things yeah, worked I, out. And uh, dude, you can't deny it, that it was probably one of the even like I was getting to earlier with the boring game. That was. At first, I really some. I am a big fan of defensive games, obviously with it being the Chiefs. But even if it hadn't been the Chiefs, I love games like that. But then when you get down to the fourth quarter in OT, I'd say that's up there, top five Super Bowls of all time. 
you would say that, but I will allow you to have that honor t- today, tonight, if you will. Um, I told you before you left when I knew that you were, uh, well, not before you left, but I mean, on Friday that, um, with everything going on, I did hope that they won this time, unfortunately, yeah. as much well, as it pains me that. to say, <laughs> yep. and I, I text that well, same I, thing I was, to Hannah as well. Uh, I was just like, you know, I texted her last night yeah, cause I didn't cool. want to fucking, it's hard when shit like this goes on. And, and like we mentioned, uh, Meryl's gone through a whole bunch of shit, um, in terms of loss yeah. and stuff. So, um, we're here for you guys as always. And, and, and Meryl, like I said, is, is willing to talk with Hannah anytime she needs it. But, um, yeah, it, it's just well, a fucking you. bummer, dude. It sucks. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but I did want to kind bummer. of but, yeah. parlay this into the news I had about the podcast. We're not going away by any means. We're here to stay. That is a fact, but, um, with everything going on, we did kind of want to give Hannah a break from like, you know, us recording. Uh, we're probably going to take a break until at least the beginning of March. Tentatively, we are planning on starting back up in March. But um, while we take a break, it, it's not like we're just stopping. I am going to take. We're some still going to share content, like and uh, different, like you know, stuff on social media, and all that will still be active, of course. Yeah, we're basically going to take this time to allow her to kind of deal with everything the best that she can. And then we are also going to, like I said, it's not going to be like we're uh, sedentary. We're going to be continuing to make moves. Um, a lot of the stuff you see on video is going to get updated. We're going to have like cooler, you know, um, animated, uh, cut screens and shit like that. Uh, we're also just going to kind of find a way to streamline things to give you guys as much information as possible. Um, as easily to digest as possible and also still be able to manage our own lives. Um, so that's the plan right now. We are going to take a two week break. Like I said, until March, uh, we will be back hopefully the first week of March. Uh, I do feel bad as Crypt Keeper jumped on this month. So, uh, like, like Chad said, we're still going to be sharing stuff. So, uh, when the day when we normally record, record or put the episode out, I will still be sharing well, you know, Crypt Keeper stuff. Um, so things there's are gonna, only two weeks, you know, yeah, if we come back to the beginning of March or something too, you never know. We like, we could just bring them back as well. I'm sure they got more than they got probably a bunch of hits we can play. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that's, that's other stuff we'll figure out as well. Um, but I'm going to let Chad yeah. go. Like He's uh, taking time away from family right now to chat with us, and we appreciate him jumping on greatly. Um, but Of course. Yeah. Um, before it, we... it, I'm always willing to talk about the Super Bowl. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to come back, too, after the two weeks because we'll have to talk about March Madness. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Around. It's My... like... Uh, the, My Jayhawks just got blown out like hell last night, man. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be desperate Damn for another championship. Uh, yeah, that's, awful. A, that's the thing. When we come back, we got March Madness. Uh, the NBA and the NHL are going to be getting ready to start winding down in a sense in terms of teams being there as the playoffs are uh, getting ready to ramp up. But we are going to come back better than ever, for one. And uh, we're going to try and get you guys as much stuff as we can to keep you entertained and to keep you bringing more people to us to listen. So um, I'm going to let Chad go, but before I do, I'm going to ask him 
What time is it, Chad? If there is a time in the episode, which is usually now, where something happens. What is that? I think it's time for some better John Daly. I think it's time to hit it hard. That is absolutely right. And on that note, Chad, I'm going to let you go. And then I'm going to water your plants yeah, yeah, before buddy. I leave here and lock up your house. Uh, but well, thank you. Uh, I love you, dude. Thank you for jumping on with me. Um, this shot I'm about to take right now, uh, I normally would do this after the um, Daily Dose of Excellence, but uh, this one goes out to Greg Duncan. Um, Hell yeah, man. We'll also have a little well, thing at the end of the episode uh, for him as well. Um, we appreciate you guys sticking around. Chad, thank you for jumping on. We appreciate it. Of course, man. Thanks for keeping it going. Yeah. Appreciate you. Cheers uh, to the Duncan family. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, Chad, I'll talk Thank to you. you soon. All right, man. I'll see you soon. All Take right, it dude. easy. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. All right. Chad's out of here. I'm going to take this shot. Like I just said, this one goes out to Greg Duncan. Um, it's such a bummer what happened. I, uh, I, I know what it's, I don't personally know what it's like to lose someone that close, but, um, my, my girlfriend, Meryl lost her father a few years back and, uh, it's insanely hard, especially when it's not something you're expecting. So again, to Greg Duncan, to each and every one of you, uh, that have tuned in. And if you're listening or watching right now, we appreciate you guys greatly. Cheers. Hug your loved ones. Fuck cancer. Uh, John Daly's about to hit it hard. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. No laying up, no holding back. Ain't afraid of nothing. It's a natural fact. I hit it long, man. Till it's gone, man. Keep taking chances. Live it large. I hit it, hit it, hit it hard. And we are back. For the final time of episode 72, uh, it is the Daily Dose of Excellence, and we are featuring someone who has been a member of the Rockies organization for a long time now. Um, Ginny Kavnar uh, will be making history as she is the first um, play-by-play announcer full-time that is a woman um it's a long time coming it probably should have happened a long time ago but Ginny Kavnar out of all people is uh one of the most deserving uh she was with the um Rockies like I mentioned for the last 12 years as a backup play-by-play announcer as, as well as several other roles I mean uh, she did the pre-post game show. She's done sideline reporting, if you will, or whatever you want to call it, foul line reporting. Uh, before she came to the Rockies, she covered the San Diego Padres for five years. Um, Ginny Kavnar has been paving the way for women in sports business for two decades. Um, she's had roles that range from host to play-by-play to reporter and regularly regularly contributes to MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM. In 2018, Kavnar became the first woman since 1993 to do play-by-play on a national telecast when she called the Padres Rockies game. Um, she also has one of the greatest uh, Rockies home run calls. She kind of like coined the phrase, fire up the fountains, which uh, anytime you heard that, um, 
you it, it it warmed my heart as that's not something we get to hear um that often as I don't really watch the Rockies anymore and honestly I don't know how I will watch the Rockies as I think they're still trying to figure out where they will be uh broadcast as I think the MLB is actually having to absorb um some of the uh regional sports networks that uh have you know, now been bankrupted by the Umbrella Corporation that owned them. But she is now the play-by-play announcer for the Oakland Athletics, soon to be the Las Vegas Athletics. Um, it's well-deserved, um, be, like I said, well beyond due. Um, it, she's been covering baseball for 20 years, basically. Her dad was a coach. Um extremely knowledgeable i i would compare her as like the doris burke of the mlb um if you know doris burke she is one of the uh great uh play-by-play announcers for the nba um needless to say it you don't it doesn't matter what the hell you are if you're a man woman whatever you identify as you can talk about sports and that's the one beautiful beautiful thing about fringe fanatics is that uh we are on the fringe for a reason i don't look like i would like sports and chad doesn't look like he would like sports let alone do we look like some dudes that could sit here and talk about sports for you know an hour and a half if not longer if if we really could we just know it's hard for you guys to digest it if it's longer than an hour and a half but uh that's the thing, man. It it doesn't matter if you if you're passionate about sports, if you love sports, um, that's why we're here because we just want to provide the information to you guys who uh, you know might not like the normal way to intake sports. I mean, not everybody likes to watch the four letter network, ESPN, or you know NFL Network. Uh, that's why we do what we do. Not only just because we enjoy it and love it, but um, and it gives us a chance to hang out. And I'm sure our significant others enjoy their breaks from us. So uh, that's it for this episode. Um, it's been a weird one. I hope it wasn't too weird as I was here by my lonesome in Chad's house without him or Hannah. Uh, and unfortunately, like I said, it is a bummer that he isn't here. Um, and I wish that it was for a reason other than what it actually is for. But um, on that note, that is now my keyword, my key phrase on that note. Um, I love Chad. He's gone. I love you guys. Um, to the Duncans, uh, all of our uh, good vibes and good feelings are being sent towards you guys as you deal with, it with a very difficult time. We will be back March. Stick around. For two weeks as we take a break, a much needed break and a break that isn't just a break. Like I said, we will be coming back bigger and stronger than ever. And that's where we need you guys to bring our viewers and listeners in stronger and bigger than ever. We need like six million dollar man type status. You know what I'm saying? But we love you guys. Uh, we will be back March 1st tentatively. Stick around. We will still be sharing things. We're not going away, but we love you guys. And uh, we'll be back. We'll always be back. Toodles.